There's really nothing like a big breakup or a toxic divorce to send you in a desperate search for relief from the pain. For some, that relief is sought at the bottom of a glass or bottle. For others, the drug of choice is sugar and carbs. Maybe some of you are wise enough to seek that solace and more time spent alone reflecting, meditating, or praying. But many people have trusted modern medicine to provide them with a solution in the form of prescription medications for anxiety, depression, panic, and PTSD, and all the ways we simply don't feel well mentally or emotionally. And we should be able to walk into a doctor's office with a medical problem and find a solution. That's what this week's guest on the Starting Over Stronger podcast thought she was doing, and she's here to share her awakening with you. Tune in. Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find health and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Thanks, listeners, for joining me again here today on the Starting Over Stronger Show. I'm looking forward to hearing and sharing another transformational story of divorce survival and recovery. Today's guest is a woman named Krista, and before I introduce her, I want to share a little story of how I met her. It was actually through social media. It does have some pluses. I had asked her to come on the show and share her story because she posted something that struck me as needing to be shared because I know for a fact she is not alone in what she endured. A mutual friend had shared the following about what he endured on a journey with similarities to what Krista is going to share with us here today. And I'm just going to read his post to you. It said, today is my two-year anniversary of being free from my prescribed poison. And he noted that that was Clonopin and Xanax. I was prescribed this for 17 years for my anxiety and panic. I thought to myself, why would I post it on my wall. No one cares. Then I remembered. I read my yearly memories on Facebook to get a sense of what I had accomplished. I can say with most certainty that it's been the toughest years of my life. I've suffered tremendously. There were times when I could barely walk. Every evening, I wondered if it was going to be my last evening. I faced death every day, and yet on those same days, I've come to a state of relaxation and peace. I found it's the only way to overcome the years of withdrawal symptoms. I did everything possible to get through the days. I worked really hard at becoming a better person. I changed my outlook. I decided to follow my dreams by becoming a better web developer. I posted memes on Facebook that helped my mind understand the transformation I was going through. I decided to put faith in love, and in the face of certain death, I decided to live. I can happily say, that I now work for a massive company as their senior developer and manage other developers below me. We develop applications that help people on a daily basis. Somehow in the midst of so much pain, I was able to succeed and do things better than I've ever done. I know a year from now, I'm going to read this and reflect on my journey as my body continues to heal from the years of poison it was prescribed. I can honestly say that it was the toughest thing I've ever done, but also the most amazing thing I've ever done. And I can finally say it was worth it. 
So first, I just want to say thank you to the man who was brave enough to share this. And I hope that he was encouraged by the number of comments from people who can relate, one of which was today's guest, Krista. And to that post, she replied, for my personal situation, losing all health insurance after the divorce and still feeling the need for the complex PTSD, anxiety, depression meds, but having to stop taking them all and stop all therapy due to no insurance and no money terrified me. You have given me courage to see that I could do it and that it would be worth it. It's only been a few months. I could use talk therapy, but I don't need the pills. You are giving others courage and I want to thank you. So from all of that, here we are today to hear the full story. Welcome to the show, Krista. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time and yeah. It's a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you. Well, tell us briefly, who is Krista? Well, I am a mother to two teenage daughters. I was married for 27 years and had never lived close to my parents shortly after I got married. So I didn't have family support nearby. Um, My husband husband at the time had traveled frequently on business. Um, so I had always kind of felt like a single mother raising two daughters that we adopted when they were newborn children. So I'd always had to be strong and just had to push through everything by myself, pretty much, um, as he was gone so frequently. Um, so it was a lot of self, self-growth and taking care of kids alone, taking care of a home alone. And I had discovered through the years, a couple of affairs that he had 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 forgiven him a few times and just always kind of wondered when the next thing was going to happen, when the next ball was going to drop. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the last time I just finally grew the courage to just say I'd had enough and I was, I was going to leave. I didn't know what I was going to do for work how I was going to support myself and the girls. They were becoming adults. They're now 18 and 19 years old, but they're still very dependent on parental support. Um, And so I filed for divorce. There was a lot of emotional abuse, verbal abuse, manipulation, Um, a lot of things that went on that I guess I didn't realize what was happening because was kind of in the form of narcissistic abuse um, that hit me after the fact, after I started studying narcissism and um, kind of coming out of that cloud that I had been in for so long. Yeah. Well, and we'll definitely get into more of that, but I want to go back to the beginning of your story that led you to this awakening. And and first, I want to start by having you elaborate on what you shared that I just read in your comment on that post. Give us the, you know, the full story of that transformation that you experienced. So the medications that I had been on, I had never taken anything until I started the divorce process. Um, and starting through that process, I um, started taking a lot of different medications. I was having a lot of depression and anxiety, night terrors. I couldn't sleep. Um, started a lot of different medications and medications would create sleep issues. And then I would have to sleep 
off and on during the day. And then I'd have to take medication to help me sleep at night. So there were medications for depression, medications for anxiety, medications for panic attacks. Um, So we just felt like one medication led to another that led to another. And I just felt like my whole system was being suppressed and I was not even really knowing what I was doing half the time. I felt like a zombie. Yeah. I, and I felt like I was growing so dependent on medications to function and I didn't like the way I felt at all. It sounds like if it weren't for the divorce, you maybe never would have been prescribed these pills. You, you, you hadn't never needed anything for anxiety or depression prior to that. I had not. No. You kind of said it, you, you know, but describe a little bit more what, what led you, what was going on that made you decide to go to the doctor and ask for this stuff? Initially, um, I had just emailed the doctor to let them know I had discovered the affair and that I was under such a dark cloud that I felt like I needed something to help me with depression. And this was all within several days of the discovery of the last divorce or the last, I'm sorry, the last affair. And, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't even call me in the office to see me. They just called a prescription in. Um, wow. Yes. This was a doctor you'd been going to already? They knew you? Just a family physician. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, family family physician, not even a treating psychiatrist or psychologist. Um, okay. Then I had to start going to therapy to deal with a lot of the trauma and to kind of get some help with mm-hmm everything I was facing and help to help myself and the children with what they were facing. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's when more medications started being prescribed. And mm. Was there a point where you felt like this doesn't feel right? I don't know why they keep giving me more and you, but you just kept taking it anyway, thinking it was going to help. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then some of the medications cause weight gain, which as a woman caused depression to worsen because I felt terrible about the way I looked and Mm -hmm. the way I felt and you know the divorce when when a spouse has an affair it automatically makes you question your parents to start with as a female I feel like so that definitely made things feel worse Um, well you mentioned in your comment um, that you definitely at some point defined your use of these prescriptions as a problem. Um, did you did you observe that when it was happening? Did you like when you were taking it? You said you felt like you were a zombie. I think is the word you use. So you were yeah. experiencing some level of knowing that something was not working. Correct. And I I kept feeling like, well, maybe I'm maybe this will settle down after a while. These are side effects that kind of start mm-hmm. out in the beginning and maybe they'll taper off after my body adjusts to this medication. Maybe they're starter side effects. And yeah. Yeah. Um you just want to believe the best, right? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And you just think, well, if the doctor's giving them to me, then they must know that it's gonna help out. Um do you have any idea how many total prescriptions you were on at one point? I think at any given time, probably six different pills a day, um, three or four in the morning. And then there were times at night I would take one or two different pills. And there were times where I was so depressed that I would take a clonopin and a Tylenol PM at the same mm-hmm. time and maybe even have a glass of wine with it because mm-hmm. my night cares were 
so awful from mm. everything yeah. that I experienced. And was, was there a particular so, one of those six that you felt like was had worse side effects than the other, or was it the fact that you were taking six different ones that was the problem? I, I think just the fact that I was having to take so much and mm-hmm. um, that combined with just the fear of not knowing how finances were going to turn out and how mm-hmm. if we were all going to be okay, if we were going to end up with a place to live and um, mm-hmm. all just added so much stress and anxiety that made it fearful for me to come off of. Are you tired of feeling alone and stuck in your current situation? Whether you're in an unfulfilling or toxic marriage, in the middle of a messy divorce, or maybe still seeking a better life after your divorce, Starting Over Stronger has a support group for you. You'll meet weekly online with a group of women experiencing all the same pain, fears, doubts, and confusion. And you'll leave there each week feeling heard, known, and cared for. You will come to understand why you are where you are and how to move toward happiness and fulfillment, feeling supported. Don't put it off another day. Go to startingoverstronger.com now and click groups in the menu bar. Get registered. And for just $88 a month, you'll start this week being a part of an amazing group of women whose presence and affirmation will help you feel less alone and stuck and more clear and confident come what may. Do you have any idea, maybe through your friends um, telling you uh, if you behaved differently when you were on these medications, did friends report that or were there ever times that you did or said things that you, you knew were out of character for you? Um, I daughters noticed more than my friends. I didn't go out a lot when I was with them. I felt like I kind of stayed to myself. I was active online, um, but I had started college classes. So most of my classes were online classes and I was so busy with trying to create a new life that um, my, my kids would notice that I wasn't sleeping or maybe wasn't eating right. And did they express concern? They did. Yes, they did. And said, maybe you should try to not take, take that. Or maybe you should just take a Tylenol PIM and not take the medications the doctors gave you. So they were worried about the medications as yeah. well. Um, so how long did your divorce go on? It took about a year and a half from the time I filed till the time it was finalized. Mostly were you on the medications most of that time? I was. Yeah. So yes. at what point along that timeline did your girls express concern or did you have concerns? Did you think about going off of them before the divorce was final or was it just not even an option at that point in your mind? Um, I stopped them like after the divorce was final because that's when I lost the insurance. But I had concerns through the process of um, the divorce and mm-hmm. They changed several of my prescriptions to try different medications to see if my system would be less reactive to some of the depression medications, the anxiety medications um, several times. But each time I still didn't like the yeah. change, the medication that they would change me to. It, Just have different side effects that were yeah. equal, equally bad. Yes equally yeah. frustrating or, mm-hmm. and I just never wanted to be addicted to taking something long-term. Um, yeah. And I, I felt like that's where I was headed with 
yeah. the medications. I was dependent on any of those to fall asleep at night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get a good night's sleep unless I was taking something. And yeah. That made me feel bad. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you you said you didn't ever need those prior to the divorce. So you've managed for decades to to deal with anxieties. Everybody has anxieties and and days of depression, even if you don't have a diagnosis. So you had managed all those years without ever wanting or considering medication. And and it sounds like you kind of just looked at this as like, I I have to have something. This is over and above anything I've ever dealt with. Yes, yes. Yeah. I just, it felt like our world had literally just exploded. Yeah. And I felt like that, and like somebody had just ripped my heart out of my chest. Just, yeah. Well, it's good that you, at least that you have that bad. perspective of, of using it in the short term because, you know, some people, yeah. you know, have a perspective that they, they will never be able to live without it. And so at least you right. go, went into it knowing it was something you didn't want to do forever. And so. Yes. That probably helped. Can you think of anything else that might have helped you other than, you know, your daughter's testimony and, and those side effects that would have helped you to see um, that you needed to get off of them? If, if, if say, you're divorced and, and you didn't lose insurance, you know, maybe you somehow arranged an outcome in your divorce where that wasn't the reality and you could have kept taking them. Would you have? I think that I was pretty determined to come off of them. And if I had not lost the health insurance or was able to maintain some type of health insurance, having the ability to see a therapist would be ideal over Over taking prescription medications. Right. Yeah. So what was it like when you, when you first went off of them, did you just stop all of them at the same time? Did you have to taper down off of each one in a certain way? I just stopped all of them at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, and I know it's not healthy to do that. I didn't really have a choice. And, you know, they were gone. They were gone. And yeah. I decided, well, I don't, shouldn't be taking them anyways. And I need to come off of them. So, so it's a good time like? to do it. I, I think I seemed like I had enough positive things happening in my life. The divorce was final. I was able to maintain the family home or won that in the Mm -hmm. divorce process and um, had a good financial outcome in the divorce that I felt secure enough financially and was doing well in school. But I felt like the medications I didn't really need at that point. Um, Did you have any physical withdrawal symptoms or anything? major? Other than just some stomach problems for probably about a month, I think I had a lot of upset stomach issues Mm -hmm. that generally people have when they start those medications, but it seemed to, yeah, a little headache, a couple little headaches here and there, and then some stomach upset. So what about that first night when you would have otherwise been taking some pills or a pill to get to sleep? What what did you do instead? Well, I still take from time to time either Tylenol PM or one and a half. So instead of taking a Clonopin or a Lunesta or forgot what other prescription sleeping medications or even how to pronounce, there was another one they gave me. Um, <laughs> so I do, some of them I can't pronounce. Um, I do still take very small doses of medications and then I try to not naps during the day because some of the medications in the past made me not sleep at night or I slept at night and then it would stay in my system long enough that I would sleep a lot during the day. Mm. 
which then caused that whole cycle of yeah. sleep a lot during the day, then you need more sleeping meds at night. So yeah, I, I feel like my sleeping patterns are far more healthy now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. I don't think anybody of a certain age has perfect sleeping patterns <laughs> with or without prescription sleep. medication involved. <laughs> yes. Hormones, yeah. are, hormones are always the issue there. So That's true. <laughs> Well, so how does it feel now being off of them and what kinds of things do you like to do to contribute to, you know, reduction of anxiety or depression, you know, that you might face, you know, with life now? I certainly feel a lot healthier. My mind feels a lot healthier. I spend a lot of time with my schoolwork and my studies, do a lot of things with my daughters um, and spend a lot of time outside now. Um, although the last couple of days it's been about a hundred and ten degree index. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I do a lot of a lot of things outside, a lot of things with my friends, with my daughters, um, trying to catch up on, on some uh, outdoor projects and yeah. visit with some friends that missed spending time with during COVID during the divorce process. So Yeah. Well yeah. those all sound like some great some great ways to take care of yourself. And so I'm glad that you're doing that. Yeah. Now. Your divorce is almost final. Now what? Do you want to make sense of the past so you don't repeat it? Maybe you're tired of feeling ashamed for what you've allowed in your life or the mistreatment you have tolerated in your marriage, or for the fact that divorce is a part of your journey at all. Have you ever thought about making yourself a priority in your new life, but immediately worried you were being selfish? Maybe you're ready to break free of all the emotional ties to your ex and the unfulfilling or toxic relationship patterns of the past. I invite you to experience all this and more at the November 6th to 11th Starting Over Stronger Retreat in the perfectly peaceful Cedar Crest Retreat Center in Pleasanton, Kansas. On your Starting Over Stronger Retreat, you'll receive the rest you so desperately need, the silence and solitude along with the tools that allow you to reflect reframe and reset after your divorce so you can shift away from self-defeating and limiting beliefs and behaviors. You will gain authenticity, confidence, clarity, and grace, having learned my favorite proven techniques for a calmer, more centered head and heart space. And you'll be surprised how easy this transition can be and how amazing it feels. So don't miss out. Being an intimately sized venue, this event will sell out. Find out more now at www.sosretreat.com. I'm looking forward to meeting you there and transforming with you. So let's go back and and let's you know we talked through the the transformation through um, the you know chemical dependency if you want to call it that and then and then the yeah. um, and then the recovery from that but let's go back and and talk a little bit about your divorce because most of the listeners here are in the process of going through a divorce um, maybe they're thinking about it and they're not mm-hmm. sure if they're going to do it but these stories really help people to put things into perspective. So as much as you want to share, no more than that. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about what your marriage was like, how long you were married, what your 
you know, what was the dynamics of your relationship? And we'll just start there. Okay. So I was married for 27 years, I guess 28, if you count the year and a half long process of the divorce. Um, And um, I met him when I was 19 years old. So, and I had never really dated anybody else. So it was a long marriage and it made it pretty scary to think about leaving someone. I'm 49 years old now and thinking about being with someone since you were 19 and moving multiple times during the marriage and never living close to mom and dad. I never had my own bank account, never had my own credit cards. I had just been an old, kind of an old fashioned marriage for the most part. Um, it, It was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to live in a relationship any longer where I was not cared about or appreciated or respected. I just felt like surely there was somebody else out there somewhere down the road. And even if there wasn't, I didn't deserve to be cheated on constantly. Um, and what I discovered was not only was he cheating, he was a swinger. Um, so um, I'm actually um, studying in school now criminal justice to do private investigative work. Oh, cool. Uh, And so when I went to file for divorce, I had a three ring binder um, (laughs) full of information and I had a lot of his mistresses, names, addresses, Uh phone numbers. Um, So you got to practice on your own situation. I did. I did. (laughs) I had credit card statements, money that he had spent on all these ladies and trips that he had taken them on. Um, now, did any of that come into play as evidence in your divorce or was this just something you needed to do for your own closure? Um, some of it did come into play as evidence. We live in a no-fault state. However, due to some of his choices, I was able to get 60% of retirement accounts and 60% of his annual bonus check uh, for one year. And um, he's has to pay um, maintenance payments for until I get remarried, which probably will not happen because because um, he's going to be making maintenance payments, <laughs> right? Right, and or because you don't want to get remarried, <laughs> right? Um, you know, they're they're pretty healthy, pretty healthy um, yeah. amounts. Um, yeah. And I got we have a nice home that we've lived in for oh, close to eight years, so there's a fair amount of equity in it, and mm-hmm. I was awarded the home. So very good. Yes. So I think if anybody is thinking about it and worried about finances, if they have a situation where their partners have relationships on the side, they need to get their evidence together, go through the home and photograph all their documents, retirement accounts and everything. Because that's mm-hmm. what I started doing before I even gave him a clue that I was filing. Yeah. I went through the safe and went through everything I could get my hands on and the safety deposit box at the bank and old bank account statements and yeah. checkbooks because they'll ask you for, oh, how much you have to, you'll have to make. Usually, it depends on yeah. the state, but it's, a, it's usually. At Correct. Least yeah. And you'll have to do expense accounts to show how much money you pay for lawn care service or electric bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you just prepare and be well, ready. It sounds like you handled it very wisely. You were. Yeah. I tried to. Plan and I ahead. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I tried to, and he had always insinuated I was 
because I was a stay-at-home mother, he didn't think I was intelligent. And I'm saying that in a nice way because he did not say it very nicely to me and, (laughs) you know, was told that no one would ever want me and all kinds of ugly things. And that's Mm. not true. And, you know, there's, there's a way out. And if, if your listeners are thinking about leaving and their partners are abusive, you don't need to put up with it. Other than coming to the awareness that you deserve better and planning well for your exit, what else would you say was critical in you getting a good outcome in your divorce? Um, I think trying to just stay positive and um, staying aware of what's going on, staying informed. Um, I also tried to, about a year before I even filed, start stashing a little bit of money um, had some prepaid credit cards put back, um, just to have a little bit of something to survive on. But you have to be, if, if you have children involved, it's important to be strong, but you still are human and kids need to see that you have emotions because they need to feel free to express their emotions to their parents. And yeah, because certainly in these situations where there's emotional abuse, it's, it's rare if 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 it ever happens that the kids aren't aware of it on some level, you know, right. or experiencing it along with you. So it's right. definitely very important to have an open line of communication with them. Ads are so annoying, aren't they? As a podcast listener myself, I know this to be true. However, as a podcaster, I also know they are necessary. It takes a lot of time and expense to put together a podcast that airs every week and comes to you at no cost. As a woman recovering from divorce myself, I know that you understand my time is valuable. And that's why after almost two years on the airwaves and over 100 episodes, I find it necessary to start advertising to make it possible to continue to bring you this quality content that I know you need and want each week. But you can skip the ads altogether. Want to know how? Go to patreon.com slash SOS divorce, and you'll be able to select from three Patreon fan club member tiers that range from just five to $10 a month. You'll never miss it. And you never have to hear another ad again. You can also get bonus content, early access to episodes and more. That's patreon.com slash SOS divorce. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E. E-O-N. Thank you for your support of me as I offer support to you. We are all in this together. Did you have an attorney that you felt did a good job for you as well? I did. They did a fantastic job. They were very good. And they've actually kind of helped me kind of guide myself after I'm, I'm almost ready to graduate with my criminal justice degree and they've recognized some interest that I have in the legal field and they've recommended for me to start paralegal studies because they said there's a need in the community. So they're helping me along with that. But that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean that that cannot be understated because, you know, honestly, the the decision of which attorney to hire for your divorce will make or break your case. It will. And 
the opposing party's attorney is always going to be somewhat of a bully to to you. I know mm-hmm. mine was, and she tried her darndest to shake me up mm-hmm. every time I was around her. Yeah. Um, yes, but um, yes, I know you mentioned the children being involved in emotional abuse. My ex was very abusive towards towards them as well. Um, they're working through that, but as part of narcissism goes, he one of the tactics he would often use was suicide threats to us to control us mm-hmm. um, and would use it to them, actually set the older daughter down um, on her first semester of college. And she was struggling with her grades and threatened to kill himself over her college grades. So, yes. Wow said, you know, do I just need to kill myself to get you to do better in school or what? Oh my gosh. And he's an executive at a local company. Mm. So for a man that's supposed to be intelligent and have some Mm -hmm. self-control, he he does not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. I'm sorry that you that you had to deal with that. But I'm I think it's amazing that even with you know the 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 medication issues that were going on on, uh, underneath all of that, you were still able to execute yourself well, um, maintain your composure and and handle the situations that were thrown at you and, and to prepare well for all of it. I think that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Been a process, but we're, we're coming out on the other side now. And how long has it been? We finalized on February 23rd. So not very long. So that's about yeah. So five months ago, maybe four or five months ago, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. so you know, again, the listeners here, you know, kind of run the gamut from just thinking about divorce because they're maybe in that situation you were a year and a half or so ago, and and then um, you know, sometimes they 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 find the podcast as a process of going through divorce. So they're right in the middle of it. And maybe they have a great attorney or maybe they don't. And maybe they're handling things well and maybe they're not. And so, you know, you're sharing your story is is going to help people because there's so many of us who are in these shoes and need this kind of help and encouragement that you know, you've got what it takes. You've just got to be smart. You got to plan. You got to, you know, keep yes. one foot in front of the other, not letting people get under your skin and just doing what you got to do. And so thank you yes. very much for sharing. Is there anything else you want to share about your story or any encouragement that you want to offer to the listeners? The only other piece of advice I would give listeners is that if their partner tries to talk them out of getting legal counsel, um, not to fall for it. You will find a way to pay for legal counsel. If they're trying to tell you to handle things without attorneys, it's because they're afraid that once attorneys are involved, that they're going to have to pay more. Meaning, for instance, my ex-spouse, he was hiding Roth IRAs. He was hiding another bank account. Um, He didn't want attorneys involved because he knew all that was going to come out. So he yelled and yelled at me multiple times to not hire an attorney because that was tens of thousands of dollars that was going to be spent that the kids and I were going to not have. Well, yes, it was tens of thousands of dollars that was spent, but guess what? I got it back Mm -hmm. by the time, by the time all those accounts were discovered and he had to pay it. So it's, it's better to, 
do it through the court system mm-hmm. so that you get a fair. Yeah. And there's different ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, with or without an attorneys, I mean, it's probably in the, in a high conflict situation, always better with, but yes. it, you know, even with attorneys, there's collaborative process and there's yeah, mediation. Sure. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to court, although it does sometimes end up there if there's not two willing parties, but but right. yeah, definitely, you know, if just sign here, do not sign there. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't need an attorney. We'll just figure this out. No, no, <laughs> we no. already decided we couldn't figure things out together. That's why right. we're getting a divorce. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. We need to just continue in that thread of we're both going to figure things out on our own. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're right. It's very important to, to trust your instincts and to know when you need more help. That's so true. You know, we went to trial and I was on the stand for an entire day and was supposed to be on trial or stand the next day. And then he was going to be on the stand that afternoon. Well, guess what? On morning two, he decides to make a fair offer because he didn't want to go on the stand. I had already revealed a lot of Mm -hmm. the dirty laundry on day one and that's, he didn't want to go on the stand. And that was another his chances were better with just settling. Correct. And that was another one of his suicide threats was if I were to tell everything on the stand that he would, he would go in and quit his job and come home and kill himself. Well, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll, they'll do anything they can to intimidate, Yeah, but you can't let that make you afraid. Right. Absolutely. It's just more manipulation. It is. Generally speaking, people that are going to kill themselves, kill themselves, not, they don't just talk about it all the time. Right. They don't, you got to bear that in mind, but, uh, you know, and also other people's actions aren't our responsibility, you know, that's right. I hope you don't do that, but this is the decision that I've made regardless and and, mm-hmm. you know, your kids need you, so you shouldn't do that. But you know, you can't, you can't bear, the, bear the responsibility for other people's actions. That's very true. Yes. You've so. you've given them, the listeners a lot to think about, and I've said it uh, many times before. The fact that the the listeners come here every week listening to these shows is just a testament for their desire for growth, and of course, of course, growth always you know, at least maybe always (laughs) starts with the humble recognition that what we're doing isn't working. And so if listeners, you tuned in today because you saw that we were going to be talking about prescription medication and and, uh, dependency on that, um, I hope that if that is your situation, that you've taken encouragement for other ways to walk that out, other ways to get your mental and emotional needs met without that fog of prescriptions that will just simply sabotage you and, and interfere with your goals and your dreams and, and what you and your children need in an outcome in your divorce. So um, just remember that you have people counting on you and, and um, that, you know, you can reach out and get help if that is your situation. And I'm sure that um, Krista would agree that, you know, there's yes. help out there and, and there's ways to work around these issues without that. Yes. And I wish everyone the best. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you again yeah. for being here and for sharing. I appreciate yeah. it so much. And and listeners, um, I hope again that you've taken something from today's story that would help you as you go forward in your 
divorce or breakup. And I hope that uh, you will reach out if there's anything that I can do to help with that. And I want to thank you again, Christopher, for joining us and sharing with us today and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You as well. Listeners, we'll see you again next week for more help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger.